And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code to DNVR20 because when you do that, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we get to do a little Colorado dreaming, Patrick. A little bit of, a little bit of thinking into a future that will probably never come to fruition. But you know, any any time I get an opportunity to reach into my wayback machine and, and bring some philosophers into the conversation, you know, I'm going to do that. You know, I want to do that. Uh, I've got a surprising number of people out there who've written to me and said they enjoy it when we go there. And so I figured I'd start today with my old friend David Hume. Uh, and this applies to yesterday's conversation as well, who reminded us that it is illogical to believe that because something has always existed, it will continue to exist. That is not a good enough reason to believe that something is always going to continue to happen. Now, it's a great deal of evidence, right? The uh, sort of famous example he uses in his writings is every time you take a step forward, you expect that you're not going to fall through the floor and into the center of the earth because, well, that's never happened before. And if you lived your whole life believing that these impossible things could happen at, at, at any moment, uh, you wouldn't be able to function or exist, right? And yet, it is still the case that because something has always been does not mean that it is always going to be. You need further evidence, David Human say, that the reason that you don't fall through the floor isn't because you never have before. It's because the floor has certain physical properties of the natural universe that make it impossible for you to do so. There's extra evidence that needs to be brought into the conversation. And so I think we can throw that blanket over this entire conversation. Yes, we are very aware that the possibility that the Colorado Rockies would bring in the hottest free agent on the market and make no mistake, dear friends, this is the hottest free agent on the market, Patrick. I think you summed it up well in a tweet today. We don't expect them to bring in Theo Epstein, but why, good sir, did you phrase it the way you did today in that tweet, saying that if they did nothing else but brought in this guy, it would be way bigger than if they brought in some big, huge free name agent, maybe even a couple of those guys? Yeah, Trevor Bauer, JT Realmuto whole bunch of other group of guys george springer they should all get about a hundred million dollars and you know 
Theo Epstein might come at a fraction of that price. He still might have a price tag of $15 million a year, and he'll never step on the field at Coors Field, at least not during a game. And yet he is the one man that can make the tide rise, make it sink. He, you know, as you started off, Drew, by saying just because something has happened every single time doesn't mean – it will always happen because we know sinkholes exist and you could be walking along the street and then you do actually, you know, fall off the face of the earth in that sense. The example uh, that he gives in that is uh, he actually names a a chicken and it's like, you know, the chicken every single day at the end of the day at five o'clock, the roof to the house would open up and the food would come in. And every single day, his entire life, this time roof opens up, food comes in. Roof opens up, food comes in. Chicken naturally reaches the conclusion that every day forever, at this time, the roof will open up and the food will come in. But one day, the roof opens up, and the chicken comes out, and the chicken becomes the food. <laughs> there you go. That that analogy works perfectly because, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, Theo Epstein, he every time he's been with an organization, he's won a World Series. He's broken a couple curses uh, yeah. that total close to about 200 years. And while any curse that may exist on the Colorado Rockies, perhaps it is a um, a, Cretacean, a Cretaceous curse, uh, like a, a one that dates back to the dinosaurs and the, the Triceratops skull that was uh, you know exhumed from the, the, the base of Coors Field from its its heart and, and perhaps as if Coors Field is a you know uh, dinosaur burial ground and is forever haunted as much as 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 Theo has, has forever won a championship anywhere he's gone it doesn't mean that his next and, and third destination will guarantee that success. Yeah, for I guess some background to the two people listening to this who aren't quite sure who Theo Epstein is, right? He's and and we should always be clear about this as well. Uh, you can't give credit to one person when any team anywhere wins a championship. I don't care if it's a little league team winning a little league championship. You don't give credit to one person. That said, there has been the sort of common denominator between Boston Red Sox breaking their long hundred plus year curse of not winning the world series than the Cubs breaking their hundred plus year curse. Did, did the Red Sox get to a hundred years? I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did. It was no, a, they were at they 86 okay. from oh, 1918 well, so. to, to 2004. What even? I mean, what even is? It rounds up. Is? It rounds uh, yeah. up to a century. <laughs> as, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, I don't think that's quite accurate, but still, close <laughs> enough. The, the, the idea is, yeah, he's broken these these huge curses, right? So the interesting question, I think, to, to ask at this point, Patrick, in fact, let's do an impromptu, uh, if you want to call it power rankings, unpower rankings, depower rankings, right? Because he said something, he said two things. One, he's going to take a little bit of a break. Fine, whatever. Uh, <laughs> baseball needs you to stop it. Uh, and the other one was, you know, he wants to chat with us about him. This has always been his thing. He took the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs jobs on purpose with the intent of trying to figure out a very difficult problem. I think you've laid it out there. Whether you want to go with the you know, the dinosaur bones, a, a curse of the crustacean curse at Coors Field, love all of that, or just the fact that of what we've been talking about all, all offseason, really for years, but really diving into this offseason, they've got unique 
problems that need to be solved that nobody else in baseball, maybe nobody else in sports does. And I think there's a chance that that really does appeal to a guy like Theo Epstein, who's, who's a problem solver, who's a puzzle solver. And this is this is quite the puzzle out here. But some people, you know, have maybe you could maybe interpret that as, well, who are the teams that have just gone the longest without winning, who have the biggest curse? And that's actually not the Rockies. So let's, let's make a little power rankings here. Who, who are the five teams in baseball who, I don't know how we want to define it, most need Theo Epstein or have the biggest curses or, or, or are really, I don't know, the farthest away from winning? However we want to phrase that, right? What, what are the teams that are actually in a position where they can claim not it's almost it's hilarious patrick almost any other like free agent we'd be talking about you want them they would go to the best team right they want to go join the best team but we're looking at totally the opposite here which is what i think is likely that he's going to go to one of the projects in baseball maybe that's the the overarching term here who were the five biggest projects in baseball right because the the team that i believe has gone the longest since winning a world series is cleveland they are i I think they're they're close to about 70 years so they are actually i feel like they're 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 in good hands and in good general shape yeah they haven't won since 1948 but second on that list you'd probably put at the top of the list of organizations that would benefit the most because they 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 are they are a mess and they've they've essentially been a mess for as long as Colorado has been in the league you know we've we've had these debates back and forth like where does Colorado rank as far as a franchise goes at least since 1993 and while you know Colorado is probably in the bottom third the Pittsburgh Pirates have undoubtedly been i think a worse yeah. overall organization than the Colorado Rockies they're they're a bit rudderless right now and i think yeah. you know since they they haven't won since the we are family pittsburgh pirates of of 1979 so we're going on 42 years since they've won one and and pittsburgh's a a championship city you know between the steelers and penguins and that basketball team that doesn't exist but if it did it would also be black and yellow Um, right so i would i would put pittsburgh at 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 the top of the list because i think cleveland's going to be okay and and again they were they were just there they're on the precipice in in 2016 16 they were also in the in the world series in 97 right uh, and they've the been Orleans in the postseason and, a lot lately so a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah so they're i think they're in good hands so you could probably take them off the table but pittsburgh's gotta be number one no doubt yeah i i would I, have a hard time arguing with that as you were teeing it up the other team i thought of even though they've had a couple of moments was baltimore Bingo! Uh, They're number two, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are those are the two teams that are, are the biggest problem. Now they might not be as as interesting, right? Like they, I don't know that they have unique problems to solve in either of those areas. Uh, and you could probably get, um, I, I guess, their budgets aren't the best. Uh, Baltimore is stuck in the uh, AL East. I guess you could say that's that's sort of a little bit of a of a unique problem, right? You you've got to figure out a way to beat the Yankees and Red Sox every year with less of a budget than them and the Rays, <laughs> the best run team probably in baseball. And so that's, that's an interesting challenge I think as well, but the pirates and Orioles appear to have been bad for most of the last two decades, just because. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see Baltimore making a move doing this because the, yeah. the, 
uh, majority ownership is actually being passed from Peter Angelos, who was the guy who helped orchestrate Camden Yards. He gets all the credit for that, and his son's going to be taking over John Angelos. So, you know, we've we've had conversations over the uh, uh, behind the scenes, Drew, about when a son possibly takes over for a father who owns the team, and how that son imagine who you're talking wants about. To, <laughs> wants to do some things differently uh, and say, "Hey, my dad did a great job. His goal was to do this. My goal is to do this, and and maybe win a championship. So I need to do things differently. Uh, I need to blow the the roof and the doors off this bad boy. So I think John Angelus would do a good job in, in starting that era and say, "Well, look, I'm not going to." build another stadium that even comes close to what uh, Orioles Park at Camden Yards is like. So you know what? I need to bring the first championship to to Baltimore since 1983, since Cal Ripken's, you know, the, the early part of his career. So I could see, you know, a, a, a union between those two guys, but is 39 years enough for right. Theo Epstein to say, okay, well, this is a curse? What, what, what's the curse? Of right the memor- of Memorial Stadium, uh, I, yeah. I got nothing. There, it doesn't seem to be cursed. If you're, if you're playing in Camden Yards every day, you you are not cursed. You're not a cursed franchise. Totally. And you know, I think if we were having this conversation two or three years ago, um, the Marlins might be next on the list, right here. Uh, as it is right now, I think they're pretty happy with the the direction they've been going, and, and rightfully so. They've at least got to think going on and they're not going to be bailing from that anytime soon so they're not going to be on our list but it is it is interesting that you look back just a couple of years and if and if you were to step back from that and again just look at you know now they've won two championships and you know both in in our lifetimes and and so it's like not but then the rest of the years they've been terrible so it's like if, if you wanted to turn your franchise around to be some sort of consistently competitive maybe they would consider it uh i don't think they're going to be in, in the big, and then after that, I think there's a, a big grouping of teams, and the Rockies would probably be among them uh, of the teams that would be the biggest projects in baseball. Who else is in that picture we got? I mean, I know Kansas City just won one in 2015, but you know they yeah. they only have two playoff appearances since '93, so they're they're kind of in shambles. Uh, I would say Milwaukee. You could you could probably uh, put them in there. They've they've yet to win a World Series. They haven't been to a World Series since 1982. So they're they're in okay hands, I think, right now at David Stern as as their yeah. GM. But I could see a change, you know, coming about there. Uh, Cincinnati uh, hasn't. Well, they haven't won since 1990, but they've they've been a little all over the place. I think Detroit could be an interesting one. Now they haven't won since '84. Uh, they they went to the World Series twice in a relatively short amount of time uh, with Jim Leland, uh, a guy we, we talked about uh, this time last Tuesday uh, as yeah former Rockies manager who quit on the team uh, in the middle of a three-year deal and then still ended up getting a job, did a nice uh, uh, a nice job with them. And, 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 you know, they might not be a challenge enough because they've got a lot of prospects coming up through the pipeline right now uh, after right. a series of a losing season. So I, I don't know if that would be challenging enough. Tampa Bay, they're already, you know, doing all right. The, the, the other names would be teams that again, have not won the world series. So you've right. got San Diego, you've got the Rangers, and you've anything, got, yeah. you've got the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. So I think Maybe it's like the Reds, it's been a while for the Reds, right? They're, they're kind of in a weird spot. Um, cause, cause those other teams you just mentioned, like they're, 
whether or not it will be successful or not, they all have a direction right now. The Mariners and Padres, you know, especially the Padres aren't, aren't doing anything crazy like this um, and wouldn't be considered a project at this moment, despite the, the long time between uh, a World Series. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, well, really, uh, it would have been earlier this year. We would have put the Mets probably at the top of this list. Right now, totally. Now they're they've been okay again. Went to the World Series in in 2015. You know, had last won one in 1986. They were in the World Series in 2000. And you go, well, they're in New York. They get some marquee players to come in, and hey, they just got to get the right things to click for them. But the thing that wasn't clicking for them was their 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 ownership, right? It was the the Wilpons, and a lot of that right. just had to do with their finances. They had lost a lot of money in the in in the big you know Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, and right. they were just in shambles. And I I have a, a you know, I feel bad for Mets fans everywhere, but I don't now because they've got a guy in Stephen A. Cohen who now has more than twice the amount of money of the second most wealthiest owner. In fact, I think he even has as much money as the second, third, and fourth owner combined in MLB. Wow. That's how much money this dude has. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the yeah. Mets are kind of okay. They got Sandy Alderson there. You know, it, it's he he was there at the forefront of, of Moneyball with Oakland. So I think they're in 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 good hands. I think you know if they don't really start to uh, figure things out in their organization in the next five years, then then I think the Mets become that next challenge because I I think it's assumed, and I know I'm I'm assuming it that I've I've been telling all my my family that that are Mets fans. I say as soon as the Wilpons are out as ownership. The, the Mets will win a World Series in the next five to ten years. And Stephen Cohen has said, no, I want to win a World Series in the next two to five years. So he's, he's even more expedited than that. So I think if it doesn't happen in, in those five years, you go, hey, maybe it wasn't just the owner. Maybe there's something else happening here. No, no curses. But it's like it's not just as simple as saying, you know what, let's clean house. We got new owners, new people making better decisions magically they'll be fine because it's new york they're in a major market their fan base is is one of the most passionate fan bases in the entire game and in all of sports really it'll naturally work its way out well if it doesn't happen in five years then i think you could see theo Epstein in queens yeah you know it's funny because i was thinking about that exact concept but obviously you know for the colorado rockies where i think it would be really interesting a guy like now again we're not expecting it to but here's and and we'll we'll, we'll get into this uh, i was going to wait for a minute because i want to get your take on where you think he's going to go so i'm jumping into the next part of the conversation but i i, I just want to say i suspect what would happen if theo epstein did sign in colorado was that they would continue to have a lot of the problems that they have but the national conversation would finally change exactly the reason you said it'd be it'd be a double whammy factor it'd be one they finally did go out and get a known commodity to try to solve the problem, which while I've often suggested um, won't be as successful as people think, there's there's no pragmatic evidence. There's there's nothing I can point to to say, you know, and here's the evidence. Well, other than Jim Leland in that one year, right? You've got one year of Jim Leland. <laughs> and other than that, and that's just a manager. That's not a, that's not a GM. So, if somebody as accomplished as Theo Epstein came in and made a bunch of moves and his version of Brian Shaw and Wade Davis 
and these guys and he brought in these guys who've been successful in other places and they come in and they're terrible in Colorado and they have maybe a couple of good years and a couple of terrible years. Um, I think at the very least one, because it, it's new management, like you said, just for the logical reason where people would be like, Oh, I guess maybe there is something deeper here. It wasn't just about the GM, but also the legitimacy that Theo Epstein would bring people would be paying far closer attention to it. I think people, uh, you know, whether it's national media or fans or because Epstein himself would probably be pointing people in the direction of the type of things that you and I have been talking about so in depth over the last couple of weeks here, that they do have a unique problem to solve, that it's there's no easy answer to it and that they can't run their team the way everybody else does. And I think it would be really interesting to hear somebody like Theo Epstein come in and say, you know, wow, I thought I could kind of do things here the way I was going to do somewhere else. And after a couple of years, I realized, nope, I, I got to do things differently here. Or maybe it wouldn't go that way. Maybe he would come in and say, hey, I'm going to run it like I did in Chicago and it would work fine. And it would turn out that people like me are wrong about the uniqueness of Colorado. And that would be interesting as well. But uh, I think I know for sure that if they brought in someone like that, at least the conversation would get a lot more nuanced. But that's it is a good thing. Yeah, in in Boston, you know, he was he was brand new to the scene, young guy, and you know they already had plenty of assets and, and good ball players. So yeah, you know he 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 just had to you know make sure the trains ran on time. You know for both championships, although the second. No, the second one was was Theo, and the, the third one was uh, Ben Sherrington, who coincidentally is in charge in, in Pittsburgh now. But with Chicago, he broke, he tore it all down. He that was where he tanked and said, "Ah, uh, you know what? I there aren't the right pieces here." And in a sense, what it, it did it, it bought him more time. It wasn't just immediately come in. And that's yeah. the thing is is that any fan base would go, "Okay, hey, you know, uh, what, what do they say? Like, uh, hear ye, hear ye, the queen is dead." Or the king is dead. Long live the king. You're like, wait, you just right. said. Right. So it's like, okay, even if you bring, you get out Jeff Wright, it's the next guy comes in and you go, well, you immediately need to start winning because the other guy didn't. So the opposite of that would be to win more or go further right. in the playoffs. But if your game plan is actually, you know what? Stick with us. Be patient. We are going to win. And again, if you have a track record like a Theo Epstein, fans are going to go, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna let this happen. We're gonna we're gonna bad mouth and we're gonna do this and the other. But uh, we are gonna have a partial season ticket plan during a couple of those hundred loss seasons because no one's doing that. They are going to be good. They are going no to be good. That. And I want to make sure I am there when the Rockies win their first NL West. Oh, when they win, their I wish first I could believe. Series. I wish I had as much faith in the fans as you do. Uh. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's, it's it's a nice spot. Well. And not all the people that would have season tickets or even partial season tickets, not all of them are even necessarily fans. They could just be uh, you know, ticket brokers. They could be people, again, saying, look, if I invest in this now and, and maybe I break even for a couple years, the getting's going to be real good when this team is uh, you know, a playoff annual playoff contender. They're going to the World Series. All it takes is getting to one World Series. I sell my tickets to those four games, and it made – all those years, I, I barely broke even in the last five seasons and made it it all worth it, you know? And again, people people want to go to Coors Field. And if Field, it doesn't happen? No matter what's going on. Well, we won't know until it doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen, yeah, it becomes this catastrophic mess. But if anyone's going to do it, yeah. Theo Epstein is obviously at the top of your list. 
Sure. Um, Actually, yeah, the, absolutely. I just. I was going to say the funny thing is. Oh no no, of course. I mean, again, losing three straight hundred loss seasons is awful. Doing it once and you know going ahead it's going to happen two more years. Like no one's going to sit on their right. hands and go, guys, don't worry, guys, don't. You're going to be like, ah, start winning now. Like, put a crappy you know team on the field. But still be good. Like I think you know, probably a lot of people yeah. in in Florida go. Let me look at the Rays roster. Oh man, this team is really crappy. But then they win, and you go, that's okay, that's fine with this. I'm fine with this crappy roster. But if they keep losing 100 games, you're right. No one is going to be patient for that, and no one should. And I get it. Well, and, and especially because here that would ha- that would mean that you've just traded off a bunch of the most beloved faces in the history yeah. of the franchise too. So it, it's not even sure. in a vacuum, like a rebuild. Here and now means, you know, so if you trade Noel Trevor, Charlie, and John Gray, then you lose 100 games three years in a row, and then your plan doesn't work out. But it's like, man, that would be brutal. But even for those three years, just uh, like going back a couple of years and, and remembering uh, Rockies fans in 2014-15 saying, we just want to get into the postseason, man. We don't even care that much. But, and then in 2017, 2018, getting postseason, like, oh, this doesn't count. Uh, it's it's all there's always going to be some some extra thing that you you've got to get it's and I get it that's that's the nature of fandom but it's you want to win you want to win and losing on purpose is not something that um, <laughs> too many fans to uh, as much as some of them will yeah. but it's very tough to swallow. So so the question is this although that would have been a good segue being something that's not tough to swallow Drew what's yeah. something that no but. Uh, how about this? If, if Theo Epstein, if we find out uh, through our sources, we have we have plenty of, of sources that are skycaps at DIA uh, that, that we will sure. not name here. But if one of our oh, skycap yeah. buddies says, Drew Patrick, uh, Theo has just landed in DIA. And Theo has landed. And, and, and then we get word from some of our folks that are hanging out uh, at the DNVR bar. Uh, they're, they're, they're checking out the scenery downtown, riding around on scooters, and they see Theo Epstein walking into Coors Field. The question is this, Drew. Who is interviewing who? Yeah, right. Is, yeah. is uh, Dick Mumford saying, so Theo, look, I got a bunch of questions for you. Or is it Theo Epstein going, look, Dick, uh, yeah. I got a bunch of questions that you need to answer. Before anything goes down, who who the is the two? Oh, easy, that's a good easily one. Easily the second one. Easily it is, the right? One, it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 vying for his services at this point, and the, you would need to, and that may be the reason. Ultimately, it, it's funny. Like they they may not have any interests, as I think a lot of people would suggest or or think that you know the Rockies think that they're fine, and I don't think that that's quite accurate but i do think that they're you know they raise their eyebrows at the idea of somebody else coming in and and telling them how to fix their problem uh but that part that you just mentioned maybe if they did get to that stage like where (laughs) right where you're like well it's an it's one thing to say he's intrigued by solving the puzzle but if you show up and you go hey i'd really love to solve this puzzle for you dick and Dick Monfort says, 
cool, but I'm not going to give you any of the tools that you need or the freedom that you need or the leeway that you need to solve the problem. Then Theo's like, I'm up out of here. Then if you're, I'm not, I'm not coming to work for somebody who's going to, you know, overrule me on stuff. Who's going to tell me who to take in the draft, who's going to let financial decisions impact uh, whether or not I'm allowed to make a trade or not, you know, and and Theo's the the guy you hire, obviously, you know, as a team president too, which would necessitate getting rid of Jeff Breidich, though I suspect Theo Epstein would <laughs> walk in and bring in his own team and, and would probably not keep on Breidich. But yeah, that, it's got to be under those circumstances, as we've said before. And, and this is uh, back to our conversation from yesterday. In fact, really quick, because I'm making a long point, I also need to sell some stuff. So I'm drinking this Hot Peak IPA from Breck Brew as we make these very important points. You know where you can get them over to King Supers at a liquor store. You can get it down at the farmhouse. No matter what, just make sure you're enjoying yourself some Breck Brew and also enjoying it because if you're thinking about maybe not renewing your season tickets for next year, I've seen a lot of people talking about that. Uh, well, maybe look into a little bit of rugby. You need some replacement. You're still going to be following the Rockies. We know that. You're still listening to this show. You're still subscribing to DNVR.com. But then you also got to get your rugby fix on. If you really need some teams to root for, this is going to be the year. 2021 is going to be the year of rugby in Colorado. And then beyond that, it's going to be the years of rugby in the United States. So you got to be following our guy, Colton Strickler, over at the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're getting all those 101 pods. They got in depth reviews. They're explaining the game. They're having a fun time over there. And it is the new home of the USA Eagles 15 teams for both the men's and the women's. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So get on that rugby train. I don't. I don't know if you heard this. This interesting bit of news that I think is somewhat tangentially related to rugby is uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney purchased a Welsh soccer club for like two point three million dollars. Straight up, they own the whole thing. They're like in the fifth division uh, in, in in England. So uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, a baseball player with the Pacers, yeah. he bought a, a team. I think in New Zealand, maybe or. No, Australian basketball. So they're like that's a big thing right now is players and celebrities realizing like, man, sports, there's money in sports. And it will not be before too long that we get some celebrity or owners or some famous owners uh, in, in, in our rugby league that we've got here in America. And I know Colton will probably break that news and you'll go, oh, my God. Von Miller owns, you know, a rugby team here in in, in Denver, like that. Yeah. That's on its way because rugby definitely is is blowing up. As much as soccer is the the a world sport, we've got people here in America investing in soccer overseas while they're looking to invest in in teams here in America as well. And I think rugby's that next frontier for sure. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be a rugby fan, and it really is an exciting time oddly enough to be a fan of a bad baseball team because it really is all up in the air with the Theo Epstein sweepstakes. I'll say this as much as people are convinced he won't come to the Rockies because of, you know, fatalism about the Rockies. I think there are several other teams saying the same thing. Like he's not going to come here. He's not going to fix our problem. Um, While the innocent bringing up that he had said something about maybe wanting an ownership piece. And so are there teams that would be, more inclined to do that again if, it, if it's you and me and, and and we do not own the rockies so that's you know unfortunate i suppose uh, but that would be 
that would be an easy no-brainer, especially you know in this time of like economic uncertainty. Having another partner uh, on that level, and and one with the track record uh, who's as good for your brand as someone like this, and, and it goes back to your original point, Patrick. I, I do think the conversation that baseball fans want to have here, and rightfully so, is like, what could this guy do to come in and bring a new direction to your team and and change things up and bring analytics and a, and a smart way of, of doing baseball and eventually it will lead to wins on the field and all that good stuff maybe even a world series and the other part of it is is the investment is you talking about you know if it's 10 or 15 million dollars for this guy plus an ownership piece that's less than you're paying trevor story and he's worth in the grand scheme so much more than that and so you know for me it would be a no-brainer and we talked about it all day yesterday and and i'll go forward and say again if you're thinking about writing your emails to dick monfort we said yesterday be specific about what you want this is a specific thing to want i've seen a lot of people again just going uh sending me their email some of them i'm seeing and it's all just fire jeff breidich fire jeff breidich fire jeff breidich and again i i don't think that's especially compelling to somebody who's just worked with this guy who's friends with him and and there's no what do we do to get better right firing jeff breidich does not solve the problem whatever problems exist today right now that are on jeff breidich's desk as he's the gm are going to exist whether he's not there or he is there and so we need an understanding of who can answer those problems. And this actually seems like somebody who could. So if you're inclined to continue to write to the owner, I would suggest, yeah, say, I would rather, and, and put it in exactly those terms. I would rather you sign Theo Epstein to be the team president and let him truly run things than bring in another superstar. I would rather, if you brought in Theo Epstein to run the ship, I will renew my season tickets, stuff like that. Um, and, and remember, I'm coming back from my days. Uh, I brought in the philosophy, bring in the politics. People used to roll their eyes at me every time somebody would, I would tell them, you know, if you call your senator or your congressman, a congresswoman, they will listen. They really will. If you write them a letter, they do. If you directly contact your congressman and senator. Now, if they're completely opposed to your belief, they probably won't. But if they're close to on your side and leaning one way or the other and you speak with your dollars i will support your campaign if you support this position it's the same thing here i will buy tickets i will buy jerseys i will buy season ticket plans and i as a consumer of your product would prefer you do something like this than sign some great big all-star player we the fans recognize this to be more important to us than that thing over there. And when you speak with your dollars, it makes an impact. Because saying, fire the guy I don't like, that didn't mean anything. But saying, I'll spend more money if you do this thing, that gets listened to. It definitely does. And as you know, we've been discussing this idea as he's the most coveted free agent, you know, it would be helpful to to send that kind of communication to the owner that you're okay with not having that star because what you're going to get back is even more stars, right? If you say, all right, if you spend $25 million on Trevor Bauer, well, Theo Epstein is going to be less than that. But forget that. What if Trevor Bauer goes out and 
you like the metrics, you like his spin rate, and say, you know what, he's actually going to be successful here. We believe in, in the uptick in, in, in spins that he had this past yeah. year because maybe he's figured out the proper type of resin and pine tar to use. Uh, but that that's a story for another day. Uh, you know, and you say, but you know what, because of how many wins above replacement he's worth or wins above Castellani or wins above Ryan, it's we still have got war, right? <laughs> because now your fifth starter is gone and now you got Trevor Bauer in place. And you say, wow, that's a lot of added value. So he could be worth $45 million on the field. And you go, shoot, that's a surplus of $20 million that we didn't have to necessarily pay for. Well, with a guy like Theo Epstein, he could be he could provide three of those guys. You know how the Dodgers seemingly find guys out of nowhere that are they're paying them the league minimum or they're a castaway somewhere else and you go, Eh, hey, this guy's gonna be a decent bench player. Well, Max Muncie, Chris Taylor, oh, and Justin Turner was one of those guys. He was cut by the Mets, he was cut by the Reds before he landed with the Dodgers. And before he was, you know, that guy, he was another one of those projects that the Dodgers rehabilitated. Those are three players that are essentially star caliber guys that they got super cheap because of, again, how their front office can can you know use analytics and evaluate players. Theo Epstein is going to be able to do that and say, well, which free agent reliever should we go after? I right. know everything's right. suggesting that Wade Davis – Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, all of those guys have been proven commodities. Should we go after them? Well, actually, our evaluation system is showing us we should actually go after these second or third tier guys. Or we need to acquire relievers in a trade. And yeah, it might mean we have to give up a Rymel Tapia or David Dahl type of player, or maybe even both. But guess what? We're bringing back relievers that we think are going to fit in much better at Coors Field. Meanwhile, we can go on the free agent market and get guys that are going to be just as good as Toppy and Dahl. In fact, they might even make a little bit less than that. So that's the kind of you know swagger, I think, that Theo can bring with him and be worth even more. And I'm just talking about what he's going to, what he could possibly do in a single offseason on the field. I'm not even talking about, again, the international market, drafting and developing, developing uh, literally the area around Coors Field, which I don't think necessarily – uh, the Monfords need any help with. They they did a great job already with McGregor Square, at least. Yeah, no, they're, as they're far largely as good looks. there, but yeah. Exactly. I think they're largely good there, but if they're looking to do some other big things and maybe trying to bring minor league baseball back to Colorado, because, spoiler alert, Grand Junction Rockies and, yeah. the, and the Rocky Mountain Vibes, formerly Colorado Spring Sky Sox, will be no more. So Theo can kind of help do all of those things and put more money in Dick Monfort's pocket, make the product of the Rockies even better, and again, bring a world championship to Colorado. And and that's something that no singular player can do, at least not for a prolonged period of time, right? What Theo was able to do and establish in Boston, I think, is has allowed them to, to continually be the powerhouse they are today outside right. of their... 29th best record in well, baseball yeah. last year. Uh, but And the Chicago Cubs, what they've done developing the area around Wrigley Field and 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 totally tearing down you know parts of Wrigley Field, the bleachers, and then building it back up. You can only do that if you become financially solvent. And I think Theo Epstein makes the Rockies th- uh, financially solvent. And no player can do that. Right. The player's just taking money and just right. adding value on the field. That's it. Right. 
No, I mean, he's, uh, and he's always been the exception of the rule. Sort of like, you know, I've talked about before how uh, I thought Bud Black was the one guy from outside the organization who had made sense to go on yet from a, a manager's standpoint. And I, I think that is largely proven to be correct with what he's done with this young pitching staff. And I've, I've said for years and years, I don't think that the automatic key to the Rockies' success is just go get someone from outside the organization. People have been saying this since... 2002 you know just get rid of dan o'dowd and go get somebody from outside the organization to come in and 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 fix this mess and i don't i just don't think it's anywhere near as simple as that i do think it takes someone with a proven ability to be flexible and to evaluate and 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 make new determinations based on those evaluations and that's what i've liked about theo epstein you know if if he had succeeded in chicago with the exact same methodology, like you were talking about earlier, that he succeeded uh, in Boston, then I would I would be like, mm, no, 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 he's done it the same way twice in two big cities and two big markets. Uh, I, that's not going to work out here. But he didn't. Those were two very different situations. One of them required development of young players who he had largely inherited and marrying them with the perfect uh, mix of weird ass veterans on that. that. <laughs> that that team, um, that that Red Sox team, and then the other one, like you said, was a total project. Tear down, make a bunch of trades, bring in a bunch of new guys. Um, really, that entire Cubs team was made from the mind of Theo Epstein, uh, remade from what it had been before, entirely in his image, if you will, right? And so, while yeah, he did have bigger markets, bigger budgets in both Boston and Chicago, and I think that's you no. Know, worth consideration uh i i do yeah i i think he the odds are very high that he could finally be the one who figured out this rockies problem because as, as i've also said there i've never used the course field thing as much as people insist that this is what i'm doing on twitter no matter how much people want to fight me on this it's not an excuse it's a reason it's a reason that they're bad and someone needs to solve it this guy, I think, probably has the best tools available to him to solve it as anybody. So while I don't think it's likely, I also don't think it's quite as unlikely as as other people necessarily do. I think Theo Epstein would be interested. The question is just whether or not the Rockies would meet him where he needs to be met. And, and I think that's almost certainly where, where you're going to run into your problem. But back to my friend David Hume, you never know. I'm, you know, I'm sure... People thought Dan O'Dowd would be the man, the GM of the Rockies forever and ever and ever and ever and ever until the day he wasn't anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, the th same thing with Clint Hurdle being the manager and the same thing with Troy Tulowitzki being on the team. And, you know, these these things do happen for all the, you know, we talk about Dick Momford's this loyal guy who absolutely refuses to part with these dudes. But then there was the trade of Troy Tulowitzki. So, well, there's exceptions to the rule everywhere. This could be one of them. I don't expect it to, but Patrick, where do you think Theo Epstein ultimately will end up? Well, I, I, I love what you just said about that, specifically that it wasn't as if he has this supercomputer and he can just plug in numbers and go, okay, so this is what I did in Boston. You just use this app and it tells you what players to get. So, all right, I'll right. give you the program here in Colorado. <laughs> You're right. He assessed the situation and did what was best for that situation. And you go, well, you know, 
no one saw Coors Field in that way. So maybe he has theories. That would be great to know. And and I think yeah. that would pose a, a fantastic challenge. You know, partially because again, he's going to bring a different, you know, strategy toward this. He might not tear it down. He might not tank. He might not do something like that. He may have the next strategy in tanking right. that the Cubs just aren't looking to do right now because they're coasting. They, they just got to pay their bills, you know, for, for the construction yeah. that they've done around around Wrigley Field and whatnot, and, and they're going to do that for a while. So, okay, I, I'm done. I'll, I'll let Jed Hoyer take over my position. Uh, he's, he's my protege everywhere I've gone, so go and do your thing, Jed. So he, he's going to have to come up with a, a brand new plan, and that that's exciting to think that it's it's something very specific to, to Coors Field, or again, it's just something we haven't necessarily seen. And it's, it's for that reason that, again, as you often do a lot of times, you get me, you get me hyped up, Drew. Sometimes you can really get me hyped up, and I go, shoot, could the Rockies go 40 and 20 in a, an abbreviated season? You know, the way you've been talking, Drew, you're making me think there's at least a 25% chance they go 40 and 20. And so it is true with this idea that, hey, no one solved Coors Field. That could be very enticing, but have enough people tried, right? Has has right. it been long enough? You right. know, again, we're we're talking. We just celebrated essentially like the 25th anniversary not that long ago of right. Coors Field. It's still relatively new. The humidor has only been in place for about 20 seasons. You know, we came right. off the steroid era as well, so it's kind of like there's always been these little segments of of little eras, right. and you go. But, but really, it, it isn't until you get to something much bigger and you go, okay, now there's been a lot of time and through all of these different changes and whatnot, now it becomes compelling. And and that, that could be compelling for somebody one of these days. Um, I don't think it's compelling enough for Theo Epstein. Uh, at, at least not right now. I, I think he does want to go do some nonprofit work, you know, step away from the game, and I'm sure it'll start calling him back eventually. You know, where where he ends up, you know, may, it could be a place that just gives him the best offer, and that could be, you know, be a part of an ownership group. To which, at that point, you know, he can still hire a team president and a general manager, and still essentially call all the shots and do right. all of all of those those same things. Uh, because now he's an owner. Now you know who knows what kind of ideas he had in Chicago that maybe he wasn't able to implement because you know he didn't right. own the team. Tom Ricketts owns the team, so he can only you know do so many things. So if somebody says you know what, we'll actually bring you in as as you know a part owner, maybe that's it. Is he a guy that maybe becomes baseball commissioner? One of the youngest that we've seen is that a job that maybe he's interested? In? Maybe he's done. That'd kind be of, great. That would be, <laughs> you know, we unfortunately there are no baseball commissioner primaries for him to go out and right. win. And uh, we've got Mayor Pete, we've got General Manager Theo. No, we 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 can't do that unfortunately. Be, but uh, can you that's imagine? the job. He's that's the job, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he could become commissioner of baseball, that would be so much better for everybody involved. Take everything that we've said about the Colorado Rockies as an exor- as an organization on now the micro level, and blow that out to the entire uh, 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 the entirety of Major League Baseball. We've talked so much much about Rob Manfred's mistakes and and just times he's stepped in it, certain things he's done really, really poorly. We've spent so much time talking about the scandals and the things that Rob Manfred has done that don't make any sense and are just aimed at the wrong problem but 
that we don't get to talk about like what is major league baseball doing to grow what are they doing to grow in urban cities what are they doing to grow internationally what are they doing to make sure that the next generation of young people falls in love with the game of baseball and it's they're not it's the game that they're 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 doing very 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 little of that and you know not to again get back into like the political thing or whatever but it really is it's like Theo Epstein could could make MLB great again like he really could be the guy that comes right. in and is like I've got ideas on how to grow this thing I'm not my first thought isn't how do I fix this for people who were annoyed at baseball that it's 20 minutes longer than what they want their ideal experience to be or or you know how can I put down people who are so passionate about the game that they're upset by cheating uh you know like no theo epstein i think is one of those guys who he's a big picture guy right how do i grow the game how do we make this better how do we make it more enjoyable how do we get it into people's homes how do we get it onto people's phones you talk about you want your your ball club to be more analytic you want your ball club to think more about the technology in the future and welcome to the 21st century how about major league baseball Welcome to the 21st century. I can't stream a baseball game on my phone. Are you kidding me? I can stream anything else, literally anything else. Our guys are doing an NBA draft show tomorrow. They're going to be doing like on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, like a million. It's going to be on our Twitch channel. I'm going to be watching it on my phone throughout the entire day, along with other people who are covering the NBA draft. And it, baseball is just sitting there with a horse and buggy going down the road like yes shove us into the 21st century commissioner epstein i'm a thousand percent here for it he, he's made now baseball. you got up. <laughs> i know hey there we go baby yeah he, he's made baseball sustainable in boston and chicago again they already had good fan bases they were already making money but he made them like shoot to the moon where like they they're they're becoming you know they're they're still not in the in the realm of the yankees but they are they are slowly growing in that way where they become nationally known. So he made it sustainable. They've gone from lovable losers to hateable winners. And which would you rather 100%. be? Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> exactly. He, he's made it sustainable in those two cities. He should want to make the sport sustainable to the planet, right? World Baseball Classic. Hey, great idea. Theo comes in and goes, actually, it's an awful idea. Here's what we really need to do. We need to go and you, you talk about having baseball on your phone. Let's figure it out. KBO and NPB Nippon Professional Baseball in Japan and the the Dominican Winter Leagues all that let's make it so all of these are on one platform we're all under one banner you know the the Olympics World Baseball Classic becomes right. this big event you know we're we've got camps and and all kinds of facilities all around the world and like let's really push into this and that's that's way more important than just a block in of 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 land that nobody wanted in, in the fens that was that was just land right. for pigs to, to traipse around in Boston and an area in the, in the north side of, of Chicago. We're talking about world domination. I maybe I went too far, <laughs> but we're talking Butter. about you know yeah we're, we're we're talking about a new world order. Fifty minutes twenty seconds, uh, brother. And and Theo Epstein Ooh. could be that guy. He's he is the Eric Bischoff. That we all love. By the way, so for all oh, I was going to go uh, Scott for Hall. all different was, members was, of the was, NWO. Right. For all different members of the NWO, who are we? So Theo Epstein is our is our Eric Bischoff. Is, is Bischoff? 
Oh man, I, mean, I, I could call dibs on Macho Man, but I, I, that's not. You, you know, you're definitely the Macho Man. Of, oh, you think of I could DNVR. be a Macho? So we could do it. So like, like DNVR members at staff as as NWO, right? I'm sort of Kevin Nash. I feel like. Okay. Not, you got, no, the, you got not, the height. You got the height. A tall guy. Big sexy. Pretty, I don't know, Drew. You gotta watch out. It's too late. The big sexy shirts are coming. Rudo, I'm, I'm, oh, too bad. Too bad. It's my turn. It's my turn. Shut his mic off. Rudo had his own shirt for a minute. I want a Drew Creaseman big sexy shirt, and I get the first one. You get the second one, but I get the first one. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Wolfpack style. Wolfpack, big sexy. Yeah. Yeah. The purple uh, and black. We gotta be the purple and black, though. For sure. Mm. Brandon's clearly Hulk Hogan. Yeah, right? that that makes sense. Like he brings all of those energies. Like you're not always sure what he's saying when he's delivering a speech, but the energy of it makes you believe in everything that's going on. And <laughs> so have you ever seen his belts? He actually wears weight belts to hold his pants up. Yeah, right. Um, and <laughs> RK, RK Scott Hall. RK would have to be Scott Hall too. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Super cool. I can see. I can see him doing the toothpick thing. Sure. Uh, we yeah. we should stop before we start saying who's Vincent. <laughs> and, uh, okay, no, start no. getting better. Who's Buff Bagwell? <laughs> yeah, Vote. someone. Any vote can be Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I think Hank. Hank's Hank's the. Uh, he's the. Oh, uh, he's the lovable Lothario, so he'd have to be the Buff Bagwell figure. Wow. I think that would make sense. Disco Inferno. Was Disco Inferno in NWO? Or he was in were, it at the I end. Everyone, yeah. He was He was in it at the end. Now, the real question is, is Lindsay or is it Allie or is it Michaela? Who's the Miss Elizabeth? Oh, right, that's, right, right. That's our next poll. And everyone goes, yeah. what the hell are you guys even talking <laughs> about? What? Who's? Who? What? Who? who what? 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 Huh? We got the colors uh, already. Is, we say, already have the colors, man. It is world uh, domination, brother. It's brother. Uh, hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. And on that note, now that we've lost everybody except for the wrestling fan, uh, I wish enough people in the company were into it because actually going through everybody and assigning each person a, a member of the NWO would be <laughs> would be really fantastic. Yeah. And, I don't think I don't anyone if... even acknowledges it at all. I don't. No. It's disappointing. They all so watch we were... it at one point. Everybody, I think, watches it at some point. Oh, right? they do. They do. We were doing our, by the way, subscribe to the DNVR Watches podcast uh, feed if you want to get us talking about The Mandalorian. But we were talking Mandalorian, Kale and I, yesterday. And Sasha Banks was in the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. I saw so, that. Did she have go. a speaking role? Crossover. Uh, she, she got a couple lines in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Good. She was, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's very good. Yeah. Did, did her character at least have a name? Have you, did you research that to see if she had a name? Did she have a character that already existed? No, it's. It, I don't think she's got a name yet. Um. I, I, well, I'm sure. She, I'm sure she does. I didn't see. She wasn't like in the main credits just yet. Though she's a gr- part of a group of three, and so she's not the leader. Right. The leader is the important one right now. We got to learn more about the other two. Oh, so this is might be a, a recurring role. Oh, it's almost certainly going to be a recurring role. Whoa! Yeah. Now, did you yeah. know this beforehand? Did like she like no. leave to film the no. scenes or no? 
In fact, wow. Katie almost blew it for me. She was like, oh, did you hear that? Wow. Oh, I mean, did you hear about someone being in Mandalorian? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, let's watch it. And then, Whoa. And then as it was happening, she's like looking at me like. <gasps> Good save, Katie. Good save. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So like doing that. all of that, we'll, we'll get them in. We'll, we'll get eventually. One day there will be DNVR pro wrestling. But DNVR combat. I own it on Twitter. I claimed it. So we can cover yeah. – I did, DNVR <laughs> underscore combat. So we can cover UFC, all types of MMA, and pro wrestling. Combat, right? That covers it. Yeah. I don't know. They are kind of like fighting that would be combat. Not that I, I think, think of. That, yeah. No, and if I mean, we want to pivot to politics and judo. Yeah. <laughs> World War Three breaks out, DNVR <laughs> combat. Dude, combat. we've got everything covered, yeah. Who won the battlefield today, yeah. <laughs> be Precisely. Up. Uh, and on that note, thanks everyone for hanging out. We had a fun time today uh, talking about this, dreaming big a little bit, whether it's for the Rockies or for Major League Baseball. We always appreciate you hanging out with us. Follow us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Give it a subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the socially distanced and at minimal capacity dnvr bar uh, i know they're gonna have a couple people in at nba draft show tomorrow it's a first come first serve so if you really want to be there get there early if not make sure you just check them out online watch from the safe comfort of your own home uh, it's going to be a real blast watching those guys on the the dnba situation really tackle the the draft coverage we've been able to put together we had a blast doing ours the football guys were fantastic the hockey guys are fantastic. And now the best draft in sports is the NBA draft, and it's kicking off tomorrow. So make sure that you're hanging out with those guys while they're doing that. We appreciate you hanging out with us for this and being absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, the ballpark.